everybody. Welcome to Two Minutes and Beyond, the podcast where we review the Toy Story movies two minutes at a time. I'm Macy, and this is Bianca. Hello! Hello. I'm so glad we're finally doing this. I know. We've talked about this for a long time. Like, actually, finally getting to do it is exciting. I know. We've been planning this for months now. I know. Oh my gosh. How many months has it been? I think I asked you about it in, like, January or December, something like that. <laughs> it's been a while. Like it's already August. August. <laughs> yeah, and even before that, I had been thinking about it for months before I even asked you. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm glad we're finally doing it. This is something that sounds like it would be really exciting. I've never done a podcast before, so I'm really excited. I'm also slightly nervous. Me, too. Uh, so should we introduce ourselves? Sure. So I'll go first. I'm Bianca. I am 30 years old. I, I'm sorry, my dog is crying. <laughs> so I got into Toy Story when I was little. I saw the first movie when I was five. I want to say that was one of the first movies I ever saw in theaters. Um, when I first saw the commercials for it coming out, I was like blown away. I was like, this is like a cartoon, but it's like weird cartoon. It's all <laughs> bubbly and new. <laughs> so my parents were like, yeah, sure. Just take her. She's five. And they did not realize the obsession that would have formed. They're probably thinking, oh no, what did we do? <laughs> so that's where that started for me. Uh, well, I'm Macy, and I was born the year Toy Story came out. I'm only a few months older than the movie. And when Toy Story 2 came out, I was about four years old. So I'm not exactly sure the first time I saw them. Uh, but I know that I had seen them by Halloween of 2000. Because I, that year for Halloween, I dressed up as Jesse and my little brother dressed as Buzz. That's so cute. Um, yeah. So I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that my parents had bought us the the VHS tapes before then and they kind of the same deal. They had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> For real. My parents, when they got me the VHS of Toy Story, I don't think they realized that I would have gone through that poor little VHS so many times. I watched that movie like millions of times. And that little VHS was already like, please stop reminding me. I'm <laughs> done. I'm dead. Just let me be. <laughs> yeah, same. I actually still have my VHS tapes of Toy Story 1 and 2. Like actually oh, nice. on my shelf right next to me. <laughs> nice. I wish I would have kept mine. I probably could have just kept it for nostalgia purposes. But... It was unwatchable now, so um, <laughs> I kind of watched it a little bit too much. Yeah, I'd be curious to see how well mine actually still work. <laughs> I know, you need a, a VCR for that. Dang, do they even sell VCRs anymore? I think you can get them online, but they're really expensive. Yeah, that's, that's I was the only unfortunate thing. <laughs> about like vintage stuff it goes up in price and you're like dude nobody wants this you can go to a pawn shop and get one for ten dollars <laughs> yeah <laughs> so should we talk about how we like met and became friends sure 
So back in 2010, right after the third Toy Story came out, I had just, I was, uh, I had just turned 15 and I joined the website DeviantArt for the first time. And Bianca was the first person other than my brother who followed me on there. I remember DeviantArt. I still have my DeviantArt and every once in a while I'll still upload art to it. Like somebody please notice my art. But yeah, I remember that. I remember when it came out, I was, because when did it come out? 2008 or was it 2010? 2010 that it came out. I was just turning 20. I want to say I was 19 when it actually showed in theaters. So, of course, like going into college and everything, I was like, I don't have any friends. So I'm just going to obsess again over Toy Story. <laughs> so I was like, hey, I still have a deviant art. So I just started uploading so much stuff to it. And that's when you started like liking my art. And then I saw that you like Toy Story also. So I was like, oh, let me just be your friend. Oh, I didn't realize that I like liked your art before you followed me yes you had liked some of my art and then I noticed that you liked Toy Story also so I was like hey I need Toy Story friends so I just started talking to you yeah and I used to draw a lot back then and I would take pictures of my Toy Story toys (laughs) yes I remember that I used to like those pictures I was like that's so cute I wish I had that stuff (laughs) (laughs) a lot of it was my brother's stuff actually nice because <laughs> i didn't have a woody doll back then and my brother did so oh, that, that's right you just had jesse right jesse and buzz and jesse that was and it buzz. yeah and then so we we were uh friends and we like talked every once in a while but then we both like sort of uh stopped using deviantart as much and we lost touch and then we found we each split other. up like Woody and Buzz. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then right after Toy Story 4 came out, I posted a picture on Tumblr of my Bo Peep lamp that I had bought. Yes, and I and saw it and I was like, oh, it. that's the cutest thing. I didn't know that they were coming out with the Bo Peep lamp. So when I saw it, I thought that was the cutest thing ever. Like, oh my gosh, they actually made one. So of course I'm going to reblog it. <laughs> and it just so happened that it was you. Yeah, I didn't have the same uh, username as I did on DeviantArt. So you didn't recognize right. me, but you had the same one. So I was like, are you the same Bianca from DeviantArt? Yes, I am, actually. <laughs> yeah, so that's how we reconnected and we started talking. And now here we are. <laughs> here we are making a podcast. So technically, had we not had that gap where we weren't talking, we probably would have done something like this a whole lot sooner. Probably. We're not actually going to start reviewing Toy Story until our next episode, but we did want to take some time to kind of talk a little bit about like the history of Pixar and all that before, before we get into the actual movie itself. We're looking at a a page on the Pixar official Pixar website that's called Our Story. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes if I remember to. 
So you I can will go remind and get you. Yourself. Um, there's also a really good documentary. I think it's called Inside Pixar. It's right now. It's on Netflix, but in a few months, I think it's going to be moving to Disney Plus because that was where I tried to look for it first, and then it was like, oh, it's coming in November or something. I was like, oh. Uh, but it and it's old. It's from like 2007, but it's still really good and like talks about the history of a Pixar and um, basically everything that they had done up to 2007. So I'd recommend checking that out. I should definitely check that out. I don't think I've ever seen that one. I've seen, like I said, the the 20 year anniversary one of Toy Story where they did that. It was like an ABC special. Um, I've seen that one. But I have not seen the inside Pixar one, or at least I don't think I have. Yeah, I just like randomly stumbled across it on Netflix years ago. And then I remembered it while I was doing uh, the research for this podcast and and uh, went and checked it out. So how do we want to how do we want to start off talking about the history of Pixar? Well. We can just, I guess, just go through it. They started off as uh, a division of Lucasfilm mm-hmm. in like 1979. So they were working on uh, like a lot of Lucasfilm movies, like The Wrath of Khan and some others that I don't remember off the top of my head, unfortunately. But yeah, for uh, George Lucas, I mean, I'm sure he was going to use a lot of like computer graphics, which nowadays you see like a lot of stuff that's like George Lucas related. A lot of it is computer graphics and everything. So for them to be starting this in 1979, like that was, that's crazy. you know, that he was already thinking like, I want these things and nothing else is going to work except for computer animation. (laughs) so that's pretty crazy like to think that you know in the very late 70s very early 80s they were already starting to do this because we didn't really see that much special effects that were computer generated as opposed to like nowadays everything computer generated but um to me it's just interesting because like wanting to go into animation that was my original dream job to go into computer animation or even just animation in general that it started then like I wasn't even born then so I'm like wow that's really cool I don't know just stuff like that really interests me I'm like my parents were teenagers when when uh computer animation was like just beginning at Lucasfilm Mm -hmm. I want to say my sister was already born. She was about five in 1979. So that was a hot minute ago. <laughs> Man. Uh, should we talk about John Lasseter? Yes, let's get rid of this elephant in the room. Oh, boy. Um, I guess sort of the long and short of it is, I'm sure most people who are listening uh, to this know um, all of the the controversy and why he left Pixar. If you don't, I mean, it's easy enough to to do a Google search and find out. But we just want to, like, off the top, um, make it clear that, like, we're fans 
of his work, not necessarily fans of him as a person. Right, yeah. We're going to be using quotes and stuff like that from him, like, all through this podcast. So, yeah, we just want to make that clear. Yeah, it's kind of hard not to since, you know, he did play a big part in Toy Story, so. I mean, he directed it. Yeah. So, yeah. So, it's kind of hard not to bring up his name as much as we don't want to. It's just kind of inevitable, so. Yeah, unfortunately. He worked at Disney, and he left Disney in, or I think he was actually fired in 1983 or four. And uh, then he met Ed Catmull and Ed Catmull hired him to work at the computer graphics division at Lucasfilm, which was where he started making, he started learning 3D animation and making all of like Pixar's like early short films, like uh, Adventures of, of Andre and Wally B. And all those those like early stuff. Mm-hmm. Cause their goal, like even from the beginning, was to try and make an animated feature, but the the technology just wasn't quite there yet in the early eighties. Right. Yeah. As far as all of their short animations, I think a lot of that was also testing to see how much their uh, program could do because when you're starting a program you're like well we got to test to see how much and what better way to do it than to make little short films and eventually you know like you start tweaking it and you're like okay well it can do this and it can do this so that was a really good way for them to actually see how much the program that they were building could actually do which is amazing too because it's like you're building something from the ground up and this thing can do a lot like this program that you're making yeah. yourself can do so much and I think that's the really cool thing about Pixar is that they have their own program so that they can modify it to however they want so that they can make the movie just perfect yeah in that documentary I talked about they they talked about how um that short film the adventures of Andre and and Wally B like that was the first time they figured out how to do things like squash and stretch mm-hmm. animation technique in 3D animation, as well as like motion blur, which is basically if something is moving quickly. Um, right. It looks kind of blurred because that's the way it so looks it, in real so life. It looks natural. Yeah. That was like the first time they really figured out how to do that in, in CGI. What I really like about, um, the beginnings of it is like you can see the grittiness of you know <laughs> like they're very crude art but it's still like you see it and it's like yeah it looks crude but it looks, still looks good too like you can see it like oh yeah this is a fun little short that they made even though it still looks yeah. kind of like I mean it's not gonna look like Toy Story 4 all rendered nice <laughs> and everything it still looks like really plasticky but um I don't know. I guess it's just the charm that they have and like the little characters that they made. They're just really cute. So you just get kind of like lost in the story that you don't really notice how crude it actually is. 
Yeah, the technological aspect of it hasn't aged very well, but like the character and the story aspect has. Right, yeah. And I think that really plays a part in like Toy Story, the first Toy Story, because you see it. And now after all four of them, you're just like, oh yeah, that looks really like 1985. (laughs) But the whole story of it and the characters, you just fall in love with them. And, you know, the first five minutes of the movie, you're already like, okay, well, I forgot about, like, how, you know, crude it looks. It's it's just a timeless story and you just love it so much, no matter how basic the computer graphics are. But even then, you look at it and you're like, wow, that was really good for 1995. And even before then, when they started production on it, like, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's like you think about like say Andy and and his mom and sister in the first movie. Yeah, <laughs> like they look really to, like Bonnie. Yes, they look the very movie. very crude, and you're just like, man, when you first saw that in 1995, you're like, this is state of the art. These people look great. These toys look great. The backgrounds, look at the trees. And you're just all in awe. At least that's the way I was when I was five. I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. But, um, you know, now that I look back at it, I'm like, oh, man, (laughs) this is old. (laughs) Should we talk about Steve Jobs? We could talk about Steve Jobs. You know, it's very interesting that he did play a big part in this. Yeah. He purchased the Lucasfilm computer division in 1986 from George Lucas and uh, made it an independent company called Pixar, which was, I believe, based off of name of um, the computer that they had been trying to sell. They had created something called the, uh, I should have looked it up and like had it handy before this, but they were uh, attempting to sell something called like the Pixar computer. And so when, when Steve Jobs bought the company, they decided to name it Pixar. Mm -hmm. So I did not do very much research on this part either. So we're both kind of in the dark here. (laughs) But um, looking back at the uh, story of Pixar, uh, of course, what you said in 1986 is when um, Steve Jobs created, well, formed Pixar, and there was only about 40 people employed at that time. And you think, like, that's not a lot of people. Like, where I work, there's at least 100 people, and that's just, like, a standard-sized office. So when you think back at like 40 people, you're like, that's a tiny little company. (laughs) And for them to pump out a movie like that, you're like, man, that's, you know, that's really crazy for only 40 people to be working on a movie. I know. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure that by the time, like they actually started working on Toy Story, they, they hired more people. I should hope so, like because I feel even, like that would be very stressful. There's definitely more than 40 <laughs> names in the credits. This is true, you know, now that I think about that, well, when you're five, you don't pay attention to the credits, you're just like, that was a good movie! But, um, 
even now, like, I don't pay attention to the credits. I'm just there, like, sitting, like, man, I really love this movie. <laughs> yeah, you know, now that I think about it, there's, you would have to have more people, and not just 40 people to work on the movie. What's wrong with me? But they did have 40 people to start off with when when Steve Jobs bought them. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the following year, that's when they, you know, started making more stuff. Like, um, well, it wasn't the next year. It was two years later in 1988 when they started uh, working on Tin Toy, or rather they completed the short film Tin Toy, which, yeah. honestly, I I like it, but that baby, baby terrifies me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over like even watching it now. I'm just like, oh no, that baby looks horrible. <laughs> I know. Like they showed a clip of it in that Toy Story 20th anniversary documentary, and my dad was watching it with me, and he was like, "What the heck is that?" Yes. No, I showed it to my parents one time, and they were like, "Oh no, what is that thing?" <laughs> and I like to think that. They've come a long way. They really have. When you see the way people look now and like when they make children and babies now, they don't look absolutely horrifying. So I'm yes. very glad of that. That they also worked with Disney, like starting in like 1986. They created, it's called the CAPS or the Computer Animation Production System. Um, which they used in different Disney movies, like I think Beauty and the Beast was one, like Rescuers Down Under. They used it for um, scenes that are like, really difficult to create in 2D animation. Mm -hmm. Especially like when you see, like when you said Beauty and the Beast, the one thing I can think of is like in the ballroom, like where they mm -hmm. do like the different camera angles and stuff. That's probably what they used it for like in the beginning just to do like panoramic shots or like turning shots without having to animate everything like that because uh, that takes a lot even just animating for me like I've tried animation and it's not the easiest thing yeah to me it's just like it seems impossible I don't know how anybody does it <laughs> yeah no it's not easy it's time consuming like even if you're the best artist in the world just having to do frame by frame, it's a lot of work. And if you don't have a plan, it you can get discouraged very fast. So should we talk about Luxo? Yes, because Luxo, like that's that's the mascot of Pixar, man. <laughs> I know. I actually remember they did a lot of um Maybe not a lot, but they did some Luxo shorts for Sesame Street. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I I I think I remember seeing those. They did a, several things for Sesame Street too. Mm -hmm. Like they did um this song called Animal Books. Oh, I love that's my favorite song. I think you put <laughs> it on Twitter and I was just like going yes. crazy. I was like I was taking a lunch break when I saw it and I was screaming in my car. I was like, this is my animal book song! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, they did that with and like did all the 3D animation and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember when they started doing that. Like once they started doing all of the 3D animation, like I remember that. That was that was a very nice time in my life. <laughs> I don't think I was watching Sesame Street yet, and maybe not have wanted to have been born yet when <laughs> like when that was happening, but I feel like they like put it they kept using it in older episodes. And that was how, or not older, but newer episodes. That's And that was how I saw it later on. Right, yeah. And I think they even did, like, a few reruns, too. Because I remember seeing, like, the same episode a yeah. couple of times. So I'm like, oh, yeah, this is my favorite episode. It's got that little Animal Book song in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Luxo ended up kind of becoming, like, the mascot for, for the whole company. Mm-hmm. And he murders the eye in the beginning of each movie you know i never saw it as murdering but now that i see the next time i'm gonna watch a pixar movie i'll be like that darn luxo is just murdering eyes over here there's a great video i saw on youtube where someone animated like the perspective of the eye in the pixar oh my logo. i'm gonna see if i can find it and if i can i'll i'll put it in our show notes because it's really funny that sounds great. I need to see that. That sounds pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> so Tin Toy ended up being the, I don't know if originator is like the the right word of, or like the, where the inspiration of Toy Story came from. Mm-hmm. Because originally they were going to do like a Tin Toy Christmas special. Oh, yeah. And then they decided to make it into a full movie, and that became Toy Story. I think I would have liked to have seen a Tin Toy Christmas, minus the creepy baby. Like, if it was just (laughs) a bunch of toys and, you know, like, because didn't they say it was supposed to be kind of along the premises of Toy Story, where this new toy comes out from Christmas and the little tin toy is jealous or something like that? Yeah, I, I was reading about it. Yeah, doing my research and it was like I think it was the tin toy was jealous of like a marionette or something mm-hmm. or I don't maybe maybe I'm thinking of like the origins of Woody I don't remember it was something I remember that it was supposed to be along the same premise and then they decided like well let's make you know uh like you said the marionette puppet be jealous of a toy and we'll just make that the movie also because like I said earlier their new their older work does look really plasticky and I believe they said that that's why they went with toys because they're easier to animate they don't have to put as many textures and you know it's just it's a fun concept that toys come to life I mean depending on who you are some people might think that's absolutely horrifying and I really do think you might think that's absolutely yes, that's horrifying. absolutely horrifying for me. I know it's not a real life thing, but that's just been instilled in me. So every single time I see my stuffed animal on the floor, I'm like, oh, no, you little baby. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, same. I remember being like a little kid and wanting my toys to be alive like so bad. And I I remember like. Um, leaving my bedroom door like cracked open, like trying to look inside, 
and see, like, I didn't, I don't think I really believed they would come to life, but I really wanted them to. In the back of your mind, you're like, they're alive. I know they're alive. And, like, even now, like, when I see little kids just messing with their toys or being rude, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're going to have an uprising against that little kid. I'm all like, you better behave. (laughs) Or you might end up scarred for life. Exactly. I, You know, I want to know what happened to Sid afterwards. They need to make, like, what happened to Sid? They need to make a movie all about Sid. I would watch it. And I want to know, did he go to therapy? Did he just <laughs> think it was a dream after all? Like, did the toys, like, tell him, like, something or, like, did he go and hit his head on the wall? And then they're just like, oh, pretend you're a toy still. So I don't know. I have so many questions. (laughs) Did they like stay alive when they were around him? Or did they, since he knew, or did did they just act like nothing had happened? Exactly. I'm like, are they okay with him knowing now? Like, are they BFFs now? Are they besties? I gotta know. (laughs) You know what I think they should do is they should make the 10 toy Christmas special. They should. I really do think they should. I want to see it. I, now with all their wonderful technology, it would look so much better. That baby would not be horrifying. I will not get over that. I am scarred for life with that baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they already like re like made a new model of, of uh, the 10 toy for Toy Story 4. Oh, this is true. Yes, I did see him in Toy Story 4, and I was very excited that they, you know, went that far to go back to their roots and put a little Easter egg in there. Yes. I love seeing little Easter eggs like that. I think even in the first Toy Story, they added a couple of things. Um, That's one of the things I like looking for. Um, Maybe not initially when I'm watching the movie for the first time, but... um, you know, sometimes when I'm watching the movies, I'll just pause it on a scene so I can look to see how many Easter eggs I find. Yeah. I don't do it very often, though. I should. I think the next time I watch Toy Story, I'm going to look to see how many uh, Easter eggs I see in the first movie. Because, you know, you, there's not really much to put in there. Maybe like a hidden Mickey. Uh, mm-hmm. I know they did put some of the... Um, the other short film that they made with the snow globe. Oh yeah. Um, what was that called? Uh, I'm a horrible Pixar fan. I don't remember the name. Knickknack. That's what it's called. Yes. I know they did um, put like that Mickey watch clock in Andy's room. Yes. And I they think have... there may be one more hidden Mickey. Cause I want to say like when I was watching videos, Somebody said there's one more Mickey, but I don't remember where or what it was. Unless they're just pulling my leg and I'm looking like an idiot trying to find an extra Mickey. (laughs) Well, maybe we'll find it because, I mean, we're going to be going through this movie two minutes at a time. This is true. I'm going to be easy to see all the details and stuff. Yes, I'm going to peel my eyes. I'm going to be looking so close, probably damaging my eyes, looking very close. (laughs) Probably not the safest yes. thing to do. <laughs> uh, is that all we have to talk about in terms of Pixar? Pretty much, history? yeah. I mean, because once they went, you know, and did like Tin Toy and Knick Knack, that's when. Well, I mean, they did also do um, like commercials 
Yes, that's right. So um, if you're looking at the Pixar, our story page on their website, it does have a few pictures. Like they did the Lifesaver one where they're all doing like a little conga line. They're like in a little party. I remember that commercial and seeing it. I used to love that commercial because I was like, look at the little dudes. They're dancing. <laughs> but there was also like a Listerine commercial and a Tropicana commercial. So those were pretty fun. I for sure remember the little Lifesaver commercial, though. That was my favorite. I don't remember seeing any of them. I might have. But I think they were maybe on when I was either too young or not born. <laughs> Probably. I think so, because I want to say I remember seeing that when I was like... During the time of Toy Story, when Toy Story was about to come out. So, like, around four or five is when I started seeing that little gummy commercial. It was, it was a nice time in my life. <laughs> I guess we can talk about maybe more specifically the history of Toy Story itself once we actually get into the movie. I think that would be good, especially since it's going to be two minutes and we're going to have to elaborate on those two minutes. I think the history... Putting it for each thing would be yeah. a nice little journey, and everybody can join us on this journey. Plus, a good chunk of the first two minutes is just the opening like, credits and titles, <laughs> so there won't be much to talk about. Right. There probably. is one thing that I already know what I want to talk about with the opening credits, because it has bothered me since I was a child. <laughs> Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yes, and I I have to get it off my chest. So we'll that's just, a teaser for, for. We'll just have to tune into the next yes. episode. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about our our plans for this podcast. Oh yes, let's talk about we, our plans, our lovely yeah. plans, our schemes, even. Yes. So of course we're going to be reviewing the movies two minutes at a time, and. Picking them to pieces. Literally. Yes, I've done quite a bit of of research, so uh, I feel like we'll have a lot to talk about. We're going to be sharing behind-the-scenes um, stories and things like that that I've, that I've gathered. Uh, hopefully, we'll have guests at some point. We haven't talked about it a whole lot. Yeah, we're going to have to start looking. I think... Maybe once we have like a routine going on as far as like, okay, we already know what's going to happen for each episode. Although there may be just a few surprises in each episode. I'm not sure. We haven't recorded anything else. So uh, <laughs> we're just going to have to be surprised ourselves too. But eventually I think that guests would be a lot of fun and they can elaborate and we can hear their opinion on the little two-minute segments that we have. We wanted to mention our social media. We have a Facebook page. We have uh, Twitter. We we have, we'll have a, a website, a blog, a blogger blog probably where all these will be posted and you can find all the show notes. I don't know the URL yet because I haven't actually created it. Um, we will have an email. Oh, yes. For the email, please send us your comments, questions, deep concerns about our show. 
the email is two minutes and beyond at gmail.com if you would like to send us an email. And we will also put that in the little lovely little show note at the bottom. Yes. So yes, please email us. Yes. So thank you for listening and be sure to follow all of our social media and send us an email like we just talked about. And if you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. See you next time. Bye. Goodbye. I don't know why I'm waiting. Goodbye.